Listen, I get it. There are about a hundred different Bible study apps and guides out there, but I want to tell you about one that you may not have heard of yet, Yarrow. Yarrow offers beautifully designed inductive Bible studies and a digital app that guides you through scripture so that you can know what it says and understand what it means for your actual life. No matter where you're coming from or what season of life you're in, Yarrow is the Bible study guide that will help you unearth the truth of scripture so that it can take root in your heart and propel you deeper in your relationship with God. Go check out their first study, Known, which is all about your identity in Christ at yarrow.org. They are offering 10% off with the code JOURNEYWOMEN10. So go to yarrow.org and use the code JOURNEYWOMEN10 for 10% off and download the Yarrow app to study for free today. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women podcast, I had the opportunity to chat with one of my own favorite podcasters, Jamie Ivey, about supporting and encouraging other women, something she does so well. Though I'm sure you guys probably know her, Jamie's a wife, mother of four, blogger, podcaster, and now an author. She hosts one of my go-to podcasts called The Happy Hour and is releasing a book in January titled If You Only Knew, My Unlikely, Unavoidable Story of Becoming Free. Through her podcast, Jamie cheers other women on in a way that encourages them to do what they do with excellence for the glory of God. We chatted about everything from our own struggle with comparison to how the gospel actually enables us to freely celebrate what God is doing in the lives of our sisters in Christ. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I will be respectful of your time after 19 minutes of technical difficulties. Hey, if there's anyone that understands technical difficulties, it's me. So you should be thankful that this happened with me and not someone else. You know, I was thinking one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, what is the craziest thing that's happened to you on a podcast? Because I have heard a couple of your shows where crazy things are happening in the background and they definitely offer some solidarity, but I'd love to hear from you. What is it that's been like the wackiest thing? And we're recording, by the way. Okay, awesome. Well, I think the craziest thing, which you might be referencing is... I have just transitioned this fall to inviting people to me to record, right? You just get, you get a better interview when you're sitting face to face with someone. And so I realized that. And so I invited someone to my house to record. (laughs) I had never met this person in my entire life. And normally my husband has a studio here, which everyone thought before I had my office now that, oh, you use your husband's studio, right? No, I don't use my husband's studio because there's people in there like that have jobs. And so I had no place to go. In my kitchen, not a big deal, except for my dogs. I couldn't do anything with them. Like, I think at this time I only had one dog. And so I couldn't put her upstairs because she kept going nuts. I couldn't have her with us because she was going nuts. I couldn't put her in the studio because, hello, it's studio and there's people working in there. And so it was just the most, I was so uncomfortable. I kept apologizing a thousand times because my dog finally had to come in the room with us. And after 10 minutes, finally, it was just, oh, I was like, what am I doing? And she was so kind. I mean, she could have left. She could have drove away going, that was the worst interview I've ever done in my entire life. Or she drove away and she's like, oh, she has a cute dog and she's a real person and blah, blah, blah. I don't know what happened, but that was the craziest thing. Well, I'm sure it was the latter because, or I don't know, the former, because she is one of the nicest people. I love Andrew Lucado. So 
I was laughing when I listened to that. Which made it even worse. I wish she'd be mad. Like, you know, like she's just so nice. (laughs) Oh, and then the one time I forgot to press record, I was recording an interview with Lisa Harper and we talked for 15 minutes, 15 minutes before I realized I hadn't pushed record. 15 minutes is like nothing though. I mean, oh my gosh, I can't even, I I can't believe Mm -hmm. that is like the worst you've done after what, how many episodes do you have now? Over 160. Well, I'm sure there's more, but this is just like what's in my head. <laughs> you have to right block them out. <laughs> I'm, I'm positive there's more. So let's just be real. Well, and you just interviewed Kathy Lee Gifford. And I have to say, let me think of this. This is, I think it's called an analogy where I say something is to something as something is to something. Is that an analogy? Do you know? I'm going to go with it. We're back to English class. I have no idea. Like, I just, I, I can't even do homework past third grade. So that would be past third grade. <laughs> let's see. Jamie Ivey interviewing Kathy Lee Gifford is as Hunter Bielis interviewing Jamie Ivey. <laughs> oh, you're so There's kind. my analogy. <laughs> Seriously, though. You're so kind because Kathy Lee Gifford has been a bucket list interview person of mine forever. And so I'm completely honored if you're comparing those two together. So thank you. No, I am. I have to tell you the history and I'm going to go slightly fangirl, but this is how crazy it is. And I know you have people tell you this all the time, but, you know, my husband and I are military. Our former duty station was Fort Campbell. I'm sorry, Fort Benning, Georgia. I was pregnant with my daughter, who's now three years old. And I started listening to your podcast. And I have distinct memories of listening to you and some of your very first guests as I'm like chopping things for dinner with my pregnant belly with my daughter, who is now three years old, like downstairs in the living room with the babysitter. So it's just so fun to have watched you for so long. And truly, you know, I had the dream of starting a podcast before I found your show. And then I've written you multiple times, which I'm sure you don't remember, but I've said, I need more happy hours. So I created my own podcast. Good for you. I'm so glad. I hear that a lot of people saying, hey, I want to start a show or I did start a show. And I love that. I love it, love it, love it. And so I'm proud of you. Well, and your encouragement, this is really particularly why I wanted to have you on the show today, because you have, I guess to use the biblical term, you have the gift of exhortation or something like Mm -hmm. in addition to many other gifts. But I felt so encouraged by you and your just kind of, I guess, challenge to go ahead and go for it. And that's really why I want to have you on the show today. And what I want to talk to you about is just this idea of really just supporting and encouraging our sisters in Christ. And so when I think of you, Jamie, I think encourager, or cheerleader. Is that something that comes naturally to you? Or is it something that you've like really worked to develop over time? You know, I don't know, maybe I should ask the people that have known (laughs) me longer than four years from when I've done a podcast. I feel like I want to be that way. And so I kind of yearn to kind of make that where that's important to me. I remember when Aaron and I got married and just being a kind of a wife that encourages and supports her husband is something that was something I really, really valued. Yeah. And I have to say, like with my husband, I don't think I struggle with this anymore. But when we first got married, my tendency was not to lean that way. My mm. tendency was to kind of nitpick and gripe and complain. And I realized that I saw that, you know, you can see other people and you think, I don't want to be like that. And I yeah. realized I was seeing this around me in a few places. And I just thought, is that what I am like? And I don't think I would have been that way publicly, but I think behind our closed doors and, you know, Aaron had some really vulnerable conversations with me as well. He was just like, I don't like it when you talk to me like that, you know? And gosh, yeah. And I was like, well, if you take the trash out, I wouldn't have to talk to you like that. I mean, that would be what I would think (laughs) inside my head. 
Uh, oh, but I think man. that we've grown a long way and I think I've grown a long way and I've seen the value of really speaking life and truth into people. And, you know, totally. honestly, before I started my show, there were just a lot of people that spoke life into me, you know? And yeah. so I love when you talk about just feeling encouraged to start a podcast because one thing that I think women really struggle with, and I have no idea if men struggle with this because I'm not a man, but is the scarcity mentality of just thinking, you know, for me, it'd be like, oh, I, don't, I hate these people starting Christian podcasts. I mean, I am who people should be listening to. And I cannot believe that she started a show where she interviews the same people I interview. You know, there could be that tendency to think that. And totally. I honestly don't ever think that. I had never thought that because do you know how many millions of people are in this world? Yes. There are plenty of people to start new shows and to listen to new shows. And people are going to, they're going to be drawn towards certain guests and certain hosts and certain style and I just think the scarcity mentality really, really, it just puts a damper on women's dreams and their ability to go out and do big things. And so I'm just a believer that there's room for everybody. Yeah. Well, I'm really learning a lot from you in this area because I think my natural bent is towards realism. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. I can see the negative aspects of um, a situation or maybe a product or whatever. And even just listening to you and Aaron on your most recent interview and you guys talking about like not wanting to be around negative Nancy. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is so just, I don't know, it, it's challenging in a really good way. Not in a way like, oh, Hunter, put on a happy face all the time. But just to remember like, okay, like it's encouraging to other people when you're with somebody else, nobody wants to walk away from that conversation. Like, feeling all drab. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and, mm -hmm. and I'm really learning that from you. Do you ever find yourself so busy that you can't find time to prioritize God's word? Dwell Bible app can help you out. With Dwell, I can listen to and meditate on the scriptures in the car, in the middle of the night, or while I'm making meals and tending to the needs of our household. Incorporating the Bible into everyday moments is so easy with Dwell. I am constantly using the playlists on walks or as I fall asleep to review the scripture that I have been memorizing. The soothing background music, the ability to select your preferred translation or narrator, the sleep timer, and the read-along feature with Dwell make it the most helpful Bible reading app on the market. Their newest release is called Dwell Daily, and it will help you immerse yourself in the word, pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for 25% off. Can you help me as I'm continuing to learn, just kind of pull out some attributes of a cheerleader or an encourager? Like, what are the elements that you think make a good cheerleader? I think the first thing that comes to mind is a good listener. Cheering and cheering people on and just the word cheerleader, your initial thought is like someone who's like talking a lot and yelling a lot and, you know, yeah. telling people to follow your dreams. And there is a lot of that involved in being a cheerleader to those around you. But I think one of the greatest assets is to be a really good listener. And so to be able to really listen to someone, their highs and their lows and what they're dreaming about and where they're going. And then be able to gather those thoughts and be able to cheer them on. I think a lot of times we don't want to listen to what other people are doing because we're so self-focused on what we're doing. Yeah. You know, a great example is my girlfriend, Amanda, just had this like great idea. Like she sewed some stockings for her family for Christmas. Yeah. Said, how about I just sell these? 
you know, and my, and I'm like, yes, tell me all of your ideas. I want to hear everything. Whereas I could have just been like, well, I just have too much time trying to sell my own book. I don't have time to help you sell stockings. Yeah. But instead it was like, yes, this is amazing. Who just decides they're going to make stockings and then sell them? I'm so excited for you. Let's do this. How can we do this together? And it is really just valuing someone's dreams and passions as much as you value your own. Yeah. And I don't think there's a magic formula for that, Hunter. I think it really comes down to like, do I really care about those around me and what they're doing? And let me just also say this. I don't have little kids. (laughs) And so my level of exhaustion and drained is so different than when I had babies at home. That's encouraging. (laughs) I'm very aware that people with babies at home, it is not as easy for them to be like, yes, how can I help you? Because like your main goal is like feeding someone sometimes 17 times a day and like, getting to bed with no like poopy in your hair or something, you know, like (laughs) I get that. And I used to be there. And so you need to hear that as well, that my life looks a little bit different than even yours with a three-year-old right now. So, but it is just taking that time and really listening to people and then thinking, how can I support them? How can I come alongside them? And that looks different in different seasons. I'm telling you, I have way more ability to do that now than I did 10 years ago. That's really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Because not only do I have a three-year-old, but I have a one-year-old as well. And so yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how we're having this conversation right now. I mean, <laughs> the, I can't believe you get an hour to chat. Well, you know, I think one of the most encouraging things that I've seen you do, Jamie, is to go after your own dreams. Seriously, for me to hear that you're a mom, that you're pursuing your passions, despite the fact that you have four people in your home that you're taking care of and you're supporting Aaron and doing what he does. And gosh, I mean, you're loving your church body as well and all the people that you're around. And I think just seeing you go after it, and I know there's no like such thing as balance, but just to navigate all of that has encouraged me to actually go for it despite all of the challenges that I think I'm facing and that I am really truly facing. That's really, really great. Yes. Good for you. Well, you know, you're talking about your friend that has the stockings, which I think I saw. Did she make stockings for your dogs? She did. (laughs) Well, first of all, she was like, I want to make you some stockings. And I was like, well, I just bought, I mean, I didn't just buy them, but we have great stockings that I love. But I was like, my dogs don't have stockings. So yes, she (laughs) made my two dog stockings. And then I brought them home, Hunter, and I showed them to Aaron. And he was like, I want all of our stockings to look like this. Oh, I mean, he totally was like, let's get them all. So she makes really cute stuff. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to look into that. We don't even have stockings yet. But You know, when I hear you talk about kind of stepping outside of what you're doing and encouraging her, like, can you just talk about what the beauty is in that? Not just in her experience as you're supporting and encouraging her and she's able to pursue her dreams, but like for you as her sister in Christ, like what's the beauty of stepping outside of ourselves and doing that for one another? Well, I think you get to share in the process, you know, you get to share in the excitement. I mean, I look at my, my friend, Jessica Honiger, who started Noonday however many years ago and we were yeah. friends before she started Noonday. I was at the very first show that she had at oh her house. Oh my gosh. Which yes. didn't you just get back from a trip with them? Yeah, we went to Guatemala. I went with her with Noonday. And so for me, when I look at Noonday, I don't work there. I don't have any stake in the game, except for I'm so beyond proud of my friend because gosh, I, yeah. I heard her dream and I saw her from the beginning and I saw her step out and do something out of you know, fear and do that. I have a girlfriend who sews quilts and she just started making them, you know, for her family and for gifts. And now she sells them. And I get so proud when I see her, you know, put stuff up on Instagram because I got to be a small part of that story. Very small with her just cheering her on like, yes, you can do this. And so I think that's exciting that I get to be excited with them. 
I value what they do. I want to, you know, tell everyone about their products because I've seen the process. And that is something really exciting to be a part of is when you get to see your girlfriend step out in fear. And you know what? I've seen girlfriends step out in fear and fail, you know, but it's still a process. And so you get to be a part of all of it, like the holding the hands, the lifting up, the cheering. There's a lot of value in that. I can promise if you're just a woman and you're thinking, I don't have time to even cheer anyone else. I'm trying to chase my own dream. Yeah. I just want to encourage you that it's going to be easier to chase your dream when you're running with other people. Oh, absolutely. And then to see people come alongside you totally. as you're doing your thing because they've experienced that from you. It's, yeah. it's just such a humbling and beautiful thing. And yeah. I kind of want to take it a step deeper, even thinking about how we do that as members of the body and cheering one another on towards holiness and encouraging and admonishing each other to pursue godliness. Like, how do you come alongside women and do that for them on a spiritual level? Yeah. I mean, I would say in my life right now, the stage of life I'm in, the work that I do, I have some pretty close girlfriends who I don't have a lot of close girlfriends, but the ones that I do have that I would consider really, really close girlfriends, we kind of just have this, not policy, but just this thing where we can kind of lay it all on the table. Yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly, the the shameful, we can lay it all out there in front of each other. And our whole goal at the end is just to point people back to Jesus. And so I remember a couple of years ago, someone told me, they're like, what you need from your girlfriends is not someone who's just going to look at you at the end of the day and say, you know, you got this, pour yourself a glass of wine, everything will be okay. Yeah. Or pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do this. And you know, those are like fun, cool phrases. And again, there is some validity in it at some point in our lives, but that grit. Yeah, that grit and like, I believe in that and I want that and I want to give that to people. But I also, 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 more importantly, want to be like, man, I want to point you to the cross. I want to point you to Jesus because um, as much as your bad day, your bad parenting moment with your kids, the end of the day, when you lay it on the table in front of your husband or your, your girlfriends or whoever it is, what I don't want to hear is don't worry, you know, like, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. Everything will be better tomorrow. There's some truth in that. Like there really is. Yeah. But if I don't hear, okay, you can take this to Jesus and he is faithful to forgive you. And he is faithful to provide you with the strength to parent again tomorrow. And he's going to be faithful um, to provide new mercies and new grace. If I don't hear that along with, oh, tomorrow's a new day. You can do this. You got this. Then I think we've missed out on a lot of opportunity to really point our friends to Jesus and to really encourage them with the gospel and not just with like really awesome things that I would put on a wall in my office. Because those things can only take you so far, you know. Allie, I completely agree. And sometimes, you know, when you've really messed up that it's actually, it's not okay. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, ultimately it is, but it's only in Jesus that it is. And so I think sometimes the, the biggest encouragement that my friends have offered me is to say, yeah, actually you really blew it there. And yet the hope that you have is that Jesus came to save sinners of which you are one. And so look your face to him and rejoice in the reality of what he's done for you through the cross. Like, I think the gospel is like, that's what enables us to really encourage. Would you say that? Oh, completely. I mean, because the gospel is all about laying down yourself. I mean, that's what Jesus said, you know, if you love your brother, you lay down your life for him. Um, You know, Jesus laid down his life for us. We're really... I mean, anyone that's married or anyone that's parenting knows that it is a selfless daily battle, you know, to lay down your desires and your selfish wills and all the things that you want to lay them down for someone else. And I think we can apply that same goal in like friendships and cheering each other on. 
is that I want this podcast that you're doing, Hunter, I want it to succeed. Yes. If you get yeah. more downloads than I ever get, and if you reach the charts and you stay at number one for months at a time, like I honestly, I'm not just telling you something. I honestly would be happy for you. Now I'll be real. I'd be like, oh man, what's she doing? How do I, what's her strategy? Like, how can I do this? I want to do that well as well. But to be happy for you, because I think that when someone else, I mean, when we're talking about podcasting, someone in our field, when they're succeeding, it's going to help us succeed as well. And so yeah. whatever that might look like for someone, if you're making candles, if you're, you know, selling coffee cups, I don't care if someone else is selling coffee cups and they're succeeding, you're going to also sell coffee cups as well. Yeah. I kind of yeah. went off there on selling things, but you know what I mean? Yes. No, totally. And you know, as I'm thinking, it's like, especially talking about in the context of the body of Christ, like if the main goal is to be making Jesus known together as a body, like why wouldn't we want to celebrate the victories of our sister in Christ? Totally. Well, what kind of stuff gets in the way when we're trying to encourage? What gets in the way of being able to really like cheer each other on? I can think of a few things. The first thing I think of is just ourselves, you know, yeah. When you're saying like, lay yourself down, I'm like, yeah. yeah. And just that fear, it goes back to like the fear of scarcity, the fear of I'm never going to get my chance or, you know, I mean, I've heard women be like, well, must be nice that she gets to do that. Like I'm home with three kids, you know, like yeah, that type of mentality Jeal is just of jealousy for sure. Jealousy. I mean, I'm sure that people look at my life sometime and they're like, well, that must be awesome that she has a tiny house that she records a podcast in. I'm like, well, you know, I worked for that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's not like it's jealousy that we don't have that. And so I think ourselves, our own selfishness, our jealousy, our pride, all of those sins that we all struggle with, some of us more than others. I think what we talked about earlier on a real practical level is just our life stages. I yeah. mean, I'm just, I cannot stress that enough that, you know, a lot of people will look and be like, oh, you get to travel and you get to go speak. And I just want you to know that when I had four babies at home, I didn't travel. I didn't go speak anywhere because I had four kids to take care of full time, you know, yeah. and Aaron and I family was set up from the beginning that I would stay home with our kids. And that's just what worked best. And so I think season of life can make things difficult. And so then sometimes we compare like, oh, well, she gets to go to her friend's trunk shows all the time, you know? Yeah. Well, it's because they're during the day and our kids are at school, you know, it's just a different thing. So I think our life stages can kind of make that a little bit harder. And I think if that's what's enabling you, I think that there just needs to be a little reality of like, well, what can I do? What are the three yeah. things that I can do from my house to my girlfriends? And then reevaluate those things every year. I mean, what does it look like for me Absolutely. to cheer on those around me in this stage of life? It looks different. Gosh, yeah. And to hold all of that open-handedly. Totally. I mean, even for me with the podcast, it's like, well, should I ever start it? Because what if we have another kid and I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it? And you're exactly right. We have no idea how many days we're going to be on this earth. Please, Jesus, sure. come back. Sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, you know, and I want to go down like giving it my all and using the talents that he's given me for his glory to the best of my ability in whatever season it is that he has set before me for today. Are you looking to boost your protein intake in the new year? Many of us are not getting enough protein, especially at breakfast. So PrepDish wants to help you out. For the month of January, PrepDish is offering bonus protein boost meal plans when you sign up. This free bonus shows you how to quickly prep four protein-rich dinners and one breakfast to help you reach your protein goals. Each menu will have you covered for the whole week. 
You guys, these meals are super mouthwatering and delicious. They have slow cooker carnitas bowls, stuffed pepper soup, and a Swiss chard, mushroom, and goat cheese frittata. Just imagine coming home to a ready-for-you, protein-rich meal to refuel after a long day at work. This is a limited-time offer, so make sure to sign up before the end of January to get these free bonus meal plans. Head into your healthiest year yet, feeling confident that dinner is planned, prepped, and will sustain you for all the things you have going that day with PrepDish. Check it out and get a two-week free trial at PrepDish.com journey. Remember, for the month of January, anyone who signs up gets the Protein Boost Meal Plan bonus. Again, that's PrepDish.com journey for two weeks free plus bonus menus. But you talked about kind of struggling with comparison and this kind of competition mentality. Like, has there ever been a point at which you have struggled with that, Jamie? Because I think a lot of people will look at you and be like, well, she can't struggle with that because, you know, she's got it all going on. But I'd love for them to get to hear from you, like, if that's ever been a struggle and kind of what that looked like for you. Oh my gosh, ever a struggle? Yeah. I mean, as much as I'm like... I want to be a big encourager. And as much as I can really, really, really say, Hunter, like I pray to God that this is true out of my mouth today. And when this happens that, you know, your podcast is better, higher, whatever, whatever you're quantifying what you're doing. Like as much as I can say, I'm so happy. Comparison is just this evil thing that sneaks up on us, you know, and it's a sin and this comparison competition, there's healthy competition for sure. But I mean, I'll give you a real vulnerable answer that I have not even processed this. So let's just get ugly real quick for a second. <laughs> I have some processing to do and I haven't even talked to it with my girlfriend. So let me just talk to it with you and <laughs> everyone that's listening. I love it. I'll let's give you go. an example. So you mentioned last week I was in Guatemala and I was, and I went with mm-hmm. Noonday, took me down there and Jessica and I partnered together with some stuff. And my friend Jessica is just beautiful and stylish and she just it's who she is. I mean, she has really cool clothes and this is going to sound kind of dumb, but I went down there and I brought the clothes that I wear every day, which would be like a t-shirt, but it might be like a nice V-neck t-shirt from Madewell, you know, like, you know, I think your clothes are adorable. So, you know, there's that, but I compared myself to not only Jessica, but these other women that were on trips and on the trip. And I was just like, man, I'm just so like plain and boring. And it's a lie, like whatever I'm, you know, I'm a verbal processor, so this could get ugly. But I remember like Jessica took us through this kind of exercise in the morning, which she's just wonderful about. And we were mm-hmm. just praying and she asked us, like we had our hands open and she's like, what do you want to give to God today, you know, for him to help you? And all morning I had just been struggling with comparing myself to these, particularly these three women who are amazing business runners and beautiful and every woman on that trip, beautiful running business. Mm-hmm. And I found myself going golly, I feel like they're all better than me. What do I do to get like that? I mean, so here it is. Yes. I like love. This is so good to encourage because people look at you, Jamie, and they're like, no, like she couldn't ever have those struggles because like she has the cutest clothes and she has the cutest house and the cutest dogs. Well, I just welcomed you into my mess, Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's just so good to offer that solidarity yes. though. And I'm praying and I really, she had to say it out loud if we wanted to. And I really did say, God, I just, I, and I just, I want to find my identity in you, even in my business. And 
Yes. I feel like that I have not tackled or arrived anything, but I have dealt with so much identity issues from just years and years ago in my past that I have just like, I'm confident in my identity in Christ. Like I don't live in shame. Like I can say those things full of truth, but I was on that trip surrounded by five amazing businesswomen who are doing great things for the kingdom and they're all beautiful. And I just felt inferior. Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, God, I don't want this. This is not how I live. I don't choose this. Mm. Like, I, this is not who I am. I am a champion of women. And so, although I am a champion women, sometimes I have to remind myself of what is true. And what is true is that the yeah. only way that I can stand in that circle with those five beautiful, amazing business women is that I can be confident that my worth does not stand on that. Absolutely. And so that was my prayer that morning. Like, God, I want my identity to be found in you and my identity and my work and my feeling like, I have the lame Madewell t-shirt on and, you know, and he did it. I didn't. Which is stylish for me. <laughs> it is for me too, but like compared to my friend Jessica, who's like the most stylish person in the world. And so, I mean, I thought I was being awesome by bringing a V-neck. Oh my gosh, I know. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is not. Right. Because I think that I am stylish. Like I'm proud of my Madewell t-shirt. I don't think I'm stylish, but you know what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say here, this is why yes. I should have processed this with my friends before I talked to you about it. But what I'm trying to say here is it it didn't matter what I had on and it didn't matter anything because yes. it was my heart that was the issue. And so it could have yeah. been anything. It could have been like, oh, they have all some hair and I hate my hair, whatever. But Absolutely. in that moment is when I had to remind myself, man, business, hair, looks, followers, None of that matters, Jamie. And I really just hand it over to God. And yeah. say, I just, I want my identity to be found in you. And so totally. I think that it is a battle. It is a battle that I fight a lot. And I think I'm victorious a lot. But man, I just told you yeah. last week, here I was like stumbling with really trusting yeah. God and what he has for me. Well, it can really flip in just a moment. Yeah. You know, I think it's just the practice of looking away from ourselves and looking mm -hmm. to Jesus. It's almost like we get yeah. stuck staring at our navels and we're yes, like, totally. oh my gosh, this is disgusting. And the thing about it is, I know I'm like telling this to you and thousands of people who are listening, but I did have a conversation with Jessica about it because here's the thing. And mm. before I vomited all this on you, I would eventually have a conversation with Aaron, my husband, about this and with my girlfriend, Amanda, who I process yeah. a lot of things with, because what I want people also to know is that when these things happen, because they will often, that totally. I think the damage starts to happen when we don't say these things out loud. And yeah, so confession, is, confession so is so huge. Confession of not just like, oh, I'm going to confess to you that I had an affair. Like there should have been a lot of confessing before that. There should have been confessing of- Absolutely. Man, of attraction. Yes, attraction, lack of intimacy with my husband, daydream totally. about, you know, sex with other men. Like there are confessions that should have happened a long time ago. And so I think like even Absolutely. me saying, confessing to my friends, like, man, I really struggled last week with feeling inferior. It seems like, oh, yeah. Jamie, you don't need to say that out loud. Just talk with it to God, which you should. But there is so much beauty in saying it out loud to girlfriends and go back to what we said earlier, that they're going to point me to Jesus. They're not going to say this to me. Here's an example. They're not going to be like, oh my gosh, Jamie, you're beautiful. Or you have a great show or you're a great businesswoman yeah. or whatever. Because although those things are fun to hear, right? Like who doesn't want to hear that? But they're yeah. going to point me to Jesus. Because if they don't point me to Jesus in those times, what are we doing here with our life? Like what's happening? So well, it's totally empty. It's empty. You know? yeah. it, honestly, it just puts the pressure back on you. Like, oh, you are so cute. And then you just feel this more yes. kind of compiling yes. pressure to just be cute and be yeah. stylish or whatever. If she it thinks is, I'm you cute, know? I better act cute. Like, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am so loving my Madewell t-shirt. So you can put that as something I'm loving. You know, this is an aside, but my husband is in the military. So we're in kind of this little subculture and we have a ton of military listeners, which by the way, thank you for doing so many military podcasts. Oh, I've really enjoyed them. Welcome. But we don't really, we have our own style here. It's not like I go into Nashville, which we're an hour outside of, and I'm like, this is a whole different world. And honestly, Brooks is like, I couldn't wear any of these clothes because everyone's so skinny. <laughs> but like, I fear getting out of the military if we ever do, because I'm like, I don't even want to have to struggle with this because it's one of the things the military does so beautifully is nobody really, everybody does his own yeah. thing, like style in the thing. Houses aren't a thing. It's just crazy. But I don't struggle as much with comparison of like clothing and stuff like that or whatever, whenever I am in the context of the military. But man, I went home last week and I totally struggle with that. Like I saw one of my girlfriends from high school and I felt like a frumpy dump. <laughs> you're, I'm like, like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And so when is it that we're most kind of susceptible, whether it's comparing clothing, comparing occupations, comparing life seasons, like when are we as women most subject to comparison? I think when are we not? I mean, God, it is yeah. just, it's coming at us from everywhere, whether that is on Instagram and Instagram is my favorite totally. thing in the, not my favorite thing in the world, but you know, I love Instagram. Favorite social media median or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. By far. And I love it, but I'm also very aware that I only show you what I want you to see, you know? Yeah, totally. You know, for example, like my daughter is just hilarious and people love her on oh Instagram. Oh my gosh, I love her. But you know what I don't show you is when she rolls her eyes at me or when she throws a fit or, you know what I mean? Like those <laughs> things, they just- Story. Right? <laughs> but I think it's just, it's coming at us from everywhere. And so, I mean, I think that one thing I think we as women need to do is acknowledge it and fight it. I'm a big yeah. believer in just fighting things because I think when we let go and we lay down and just let us take it out, that's when we lose the battle. And so there's nothing wrong with fighting a battle. Fighting a battle means you're in it. You know, you're in it to win it. Yeah. And so for me, I think it's coming at us from everywhere. Everywhere we look, we feel like we're not enough. You know, when I go to my daughter's school functions with, I don't do that often. I'm just, I'm not a very involved school mom. And I have to fight the battle of going there and being like, I don't know any of these moms and they all know each other. You know why they know each other? Because they all volunteer up here and I'm never here. Yeah. And I have to fight that of feeling like I'm less than or they're better moms. And you know, those thoughts come up and I just go back to again, like, man, so say those things out loud, find what your identity is. And you look at your circumstances, look at your life stage, all those kind of things. But I think they're coming around us from everywhere. And so I think it means we need to acknowledge it to ourselves and acknowledge it to our girlfriends. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I heard you say is just as we're talking about Instagram, et cetera, I think a lot of people's encouragement is just to totally get off, like almost throw the, mm. I don't know if throw the yeah, baby out of the bathwater is the appropriate phrase, but let's just limit all exposure to anything that could potentially put us in a situation in which we are comparing, mm -hmm. you know, to each other. But one of the things I see you do really well, Jamie, is you maintain that tension. And I, gosh, you do that in so many different areas, but even practically like looking at your business and stuff, like I know as a podcaster, we see our analytics, like we have to look at that stuff when we're talking with advertisers and stuff like that. How do you allow yourself to be exposed to them, but yet not walk into the trap of actually comparing yourself to whatever it is, somebody else on Instagram or whatever? Yeah. I mean, it's for someone who does a lot of their work online, it's a very real, real dilemma. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I do. Yeah. And so with podcasting, you know, 
there's measurements that they have and there's measurements that you report to people. And, you know, I podcasting is my job, which I've advertised. Well, even book writing, too. Book writing. Like, what some of totally. my friends are trying to write books and it's like you have to give your actual statistics, all your numbers, the numbers of the people who might endorse your book. It's kind of crazy. It's very crazy. Book writing is a whole thing. I mean, so many people are writing books these days that one of the things they're looking for publishers are is do you have a platform? You know, and that can be very discouraging to someone who A, is a phenomenal writer and B, has something really great to say. It can be very discouraging and I get that. And I mean, it is just God's movement on my life that I was able to, you know, do what I'm doing now. But I think it's a real struggle. I would be lying if I say I didn't struggle with that because I do struggle with it. I think going all the way back to what we're talking about earlier with the cheerleading and the encouraging. So the struggle's there, the comparison, the competition, it's there. That's a real thing. And I think one of the ways that we can really battle that is really, really to keep our eyes focused on others around us as well. Because when we're clear, when we're just solely focused on us and our numbers and our growth and our engagement and all of those things, it's, it's defeating. It is. Oh my gosh. It can be consuming. consuming. And so, you know, there's the other side of those things actually matter. Like those things actually matter in my job. And so like those numbers People ask for them. And so they matter. Yeah, you have to look yes. at them. <laughs> and so we can't just say like, oh, you, you know, screw it all. I'm done with all of this. Yeah. Not in my industry. You can't, you know? And so right. there's just a point where looking around you and being for others, it takes your focus solely off of you, you know? And so, but the truth of the matter is like with Instagram and things, um, I love Instagram so much and my following has grown over the last two years. Um, and so what I put on Instagram is intentional now, you know, I no longer can put like a picture of my favorite apple. I don't know. Maybe I could, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's intentional and I see it as a yeah. part of my job and a part of my ministry. Totally. And so one thing I really encourage women with that I'm having to kind of just encourage myself with a lot. And I just wanted to be a reminder as well is a lot of times people are starting, like, let's use the example of book writing. Okay, we'll just go there. So a lot of people are starting, they have a blog and they have a great readership and they are ministering to these people and it's valuable and women are encouraged because of what they're writing. And then all of a sudden they want to seek out to get a deal to write a book. Yeah. And publishers just not are not offering them anything and they feel like their platform is not large enough, which could be a reality. And so totally. I would see a woman- and, and they'll tell you that. Oh, of course they'll <laughs> tell you that, yes. And so I see a woman- get very discouraged and wish for more people wish that she had a different audience and a better audience. And my encouragement to her is that like, when you do that, you're doing this subconsciously. What you're doing is you're looking at the people who God has put in front of you minister to, and you're saying, you actually aren't enough. You actually aren't worth my time. You actually aren't worth what God's called me to do. There's a, there's a really scary place that we can get into when we are constantly wishing for more because we think what we have is not good enough. Now we have to balance that. I'm a very hard worker and I want to reach more people. You know, I want those things. But as soon as I start saying, I want those things because what I have, like these people don't matter enough. enough, That's when it gets tricky. You know, wanting to grow my Instagram. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's a matter right. of the heart. Do I want to grow my Instagram? Because it's like, it'll help other platforms. It's going to help people find my podcast. My podcast encourages women. And then it's going to help them buy my book. And my book talks about freedom in Christ. You know, it's like one big trail. Yeah. Or do I want more Instagram followers? Because I want to be more like my friend Lauren, who has, you know, a million Instagram followers. And gosh, yeah. I wish I was yeah. like Lauren. Totally. Lauren's awesome. You know, Lauren, 
That's when you can tell what's happening in your heart. And I'll tell you this, Hunter, the greatest way to keep that in check, the Holy Spirit, obviously, we're just going to check that off like Jesus, you know, but the greatest way to keep (laughs) that in check is I've said it like five times in the show is to verbally process that with someone who you love, who loves you and trusts you and believes in you. Yeah, absolutely. It it just it tears down all the defenses and and all the things that are going on in your totally. Head. Gosh, there's just such freedom to bring mm-hmm. that into the light, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Like yep. Well, and the last thing I wanted to say is, you know, when you're talking, I'm hearing you describing success and talking about success in a different way because I think so many times, really the the issue is maybe this woman she just doesn't define her platform or whatever as successful. So how do you define success and what you're doing, Jamie? Um, like, how do you do that apart from numbers and all those different things? Like, what is success? Yeah, this is hard. It's hard. I think it's hard. I think that if I worked um, in a job where my job was to sell coffee mugs, and I have no idea why I've used that twice in this show as an example, maybe because <laughs> I'm drinking coffee right now, but if my job was to sell coffee mugs, defining success would be easier for me because success would equal selling the most yeah. coffee mugs, right? Then I'd right. be successful. I would get awards at my job. And then maybe one day I'm the president of the coffee cup company. Right? <laughs> I think where it gets tricky is when you're running a business and it has to do with ministry. Yes. We can uh, have a whole- there's so many things that get tricky <laughs> yes. with that. We're going to have a whole conversation <laughs> on this. And I have just stumbled and, and wandered and fallen and ran and walked through this journey for the last three years. By nothing do I have figured out. But I have come to the conclusion that what's happening over here with my podcast and book writing and, and speaking and whatever else I have going on that I have in the pipeline, doing you know, some dreams of things I have doing, I am running a business. And so there are smart things. And that business is measured sometimes yeah. by numbers. So there is that aspect where that is a reality, right? If I'm running a business and I tell my bookkeeper, you know, like, I don't care if there's money in the bank, you know, we're just going <laughs> to keep doing this. And that's just not okay. Now, all that to be said, I remember teaching this at a podcasting breakout that I did a couple of years ago. And it is so true in my life right now. And to people who are listening is that one of the things that I think is really valuable is that when you start, let's say you're starting a dream, you want to write a book, you want to a blog, a podcast, whatever it might be that you're starting define that success really, really early. Yes. Because what's going to happen is numbers are going to grow. Numbers are going to fall. Books are going to sell. Books are not going to sell. You know, (laughs) advertisers are going to come. Advertisers are going to leave, whatever it might be. But if you've defined your success, especially if you're working in ministry, if you've defined that super early, that needs to be the baseline for everything. So for us at the happy hour with my podcast, a successful show, every show that I put out, it's a success. If we have encouraged women, if we've inspired Mm -hmm. them, and if we pointed them to Jesus. Yes. So if those three things happen, it's a successful show. And so that's yes. kind of like the- Regardless of how you feel about your interviewing totally. on that particular episode totally. or whatever, or how many downloads not, it gets. You know, yeah, it is. The reality is we need sponsors because we're running a business here. Okay. Totally. And so it is what it is. But I still have that baseline goal of here's what I need every single show. You know, and I look at that when yeah. I go travel and yeah. speak. There's sometimes when I get off the stage- and I've texted Amanda and I've been like, I think that's the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah. And then women will come up to me and just be so thankful and tell me what God showed them. And I think, okay, yes. okay, like it's okay. I did not feel as though it was my personal best. 
But God, you're so much bigger than my personal best. Oh my gosh. He can use the most humble of offerings. Totally, totally. And so long way to say, like, I think especially I'm talking about in ministry, because I think that equation does not work when you're selling coffee cups. But in ministry, I think (laughs) it's the dumbest (laughs) illustration I've ever used in my entire life, but we're going with it now, Hunter. I think in ministry, it's a really, really valuable thing to say what is going to be successful no matter what. And like, there's reality, you know, if you're not selling ads and your podcast may not survive, if that's your income, you know, totally. What is success? And then really stand on that and look at it every single week with what you're doing. Gosh, girl, I love it. Well, before you go, I always ask, are there three resources that you'd recommend to somebody who just wants to grow in this area? And this could be anything from like an experience, like you're saying, like, look at other people, encourage, challenge them to a book or a podcast or a conference or whatever. I knew you were going to ask me this and I'm totally not prepared. (laughs) Okay. So some resources for someone who wants to grow as an encourager. I don't necessarily know if I have resources like, you know, actual things that you could buy. But one thing that I think is really cool is working with kids. And granted, I feel like I'm a better encourager when I'm working with other people's kids, which is, I don't know what that says about me. Um, My kids, I'm just like, go do what I told you to do. Like I don't have time to encourage you. But you know what I mean? spending time around younger people, whether that means in your church's youth department or the kids area, there's something about really looking at a child that you just, you want to encourage them. You want to build them up. Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like? And then think about that. Like how would I do that in my regular life as well? Yeah. You know, gosh, in the context of marriage, even, you know, obviously it wouldn't be as like, it would feel demeaning if you did it in the same way that you would with a kid, right. but thinking like, how could I encourage my spouse like genuinely from the heart in something that I see them trying to do? Totally. You know, speaking of marriage with being an encourager, one thing that I think is just so valid for people who are married is to find people who are ahead of you in the game, whether that be an age or in length of years of marriage, especially length of years of marriage. Um, find this couple who you really admire what you see from them and the way they treat each other. And then just invite yourself over to their house <laughs> Ask to hang out. Totally. You know, that has been really, really valid for Aaron. And I can think of, you know, couples from like the Goins to the Shingletons to the Garza's to people that we have had in our lives throughout the years where we've looked at them and said, man, what we're seeing, we really like, and we want to know how to do this in our marriage to really kind of spend some time and allow them to invest in you in that way. I think that is really valid for marriages to look around and see what they see that they like. Absolutely. And then put yourself around that. Yeah. You know, and the other resource that I would jump in and recommend is your podcast, because honestly, that just sounds crazy. And I know you hear this kind of stuff all the time, but as somebody who naturally isn't, I just don't view the world through like, the encouragement lenses, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. I'm working. No, on you're it. good. You're good. But hearing you do that with other women has really helped me to do that for my friends, and it's even encouraged and challenged me to start this podcast. So, well, thank you for that. I would totally recommend the Happy Hour if you want to learn from Jamie. She's got a lot of episodes out there how you can get with her and learn how to be an encourager. Okay, we'll go with so. that number three, even though I can't like recommend my own show, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Totally. Okay. Last two questions. What are three of your simple joys? Just three things that make you happy. Maybe a coffee cup is one today. <laughs> today it might be. Okay. So I know one of them is, and this is weird. It's so weird, but I think some people will get it. I really, if I am stressed or if I just need just a few moments, <laughs> sounds so dumb, but I will bring my two dogs outside and we have three cats and 
sitting on a picnic bench and watching them play, it literally brings me so much joy. And I'm not like this freaky animal lover. It's not freaky if you are, but I'm just not that person. But I love my dogs and I like my cats. And so watching them play, it brings me a lot of joy. It really does. And being outside. You're not a country girl at heart, are you? I'm not Because this is resonating with my Bixby, Oklahoma right here. Because just getting outside, I'm like, oh, the air, I can breathe. It just, it's nice. Yes. And we have, it's, I love where we live. So it's really great. It's beautiful. I've seen many Insta stories. Well, thank you. (laughs) Another simple joy. I mean, just... Last night, one of my kids, he's in sixth grade and he joined the band this year and we went to his band concert. And let me tell you, sixth grade band concerts, they sound awful. It's like the worst thing you've ever heard in your entire life. Because <laughs> it's like their first year of actually They've playing actually been playing instrument right? for eight weeks. I mean, imagine if you've been playing instrument for eight weeks and then you had to perform in front of people. It's awful. It's the oh worst my. thing you've ever heard in your entire life. Like, your ears hurt when you leave. <laughs> but all of us parents are just beaming with pride. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, there is... I can't imagine. I just... Uh, it is I can't. I, I will be that way 100% with the camera oh, out. Totally. Totally. Camera, let me take your picture. You look amazing. You did phenomenal. I've never heard someone <laughs> play an instrument as well as you did. I mean, so that was a simple joy last night. And then I love it. one of my most, it's just hands down my favorite thing that happens in my life. And as my kids are getting older, it's fewer and far between, which we hate, but we fight for it like nothing else. It's just when my family is all home and we are just all together and Aaron's cooking and the kids yeah. are there and everyone's happy and no one's fighting, <laughs> you know, all the things that are like the dream world. It brings me a lot of joy when our family is all home. And I think that Aaron and I, that's been a part of our life forever because our kids haven't been as yeah. involved and now they're, you know, they're getting bigger and they have activities and, Oh my gosh, for the love, we just finished football season, Hunter. And let me tell you, my kids, I can't believe my kids practice what all that week. entails. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. So I just, I love it when my people are all home. Oh my gosh. I can imagine. And I love how much you guys prioritize like doing meals together as a family and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. That's a huge encouragement to me. Just looking to the season. I feel like you're like one season ahead of me. I'm stuck in the little tinies and you're kind of like elementary moving Mm -hmm. into middle school, which is crazy. So, well, you've had such an influence on my own journey with Jesus and on so many thousands of women, Jamie, but I would love to finish the show by asking you, who is it that's had the greatest influence on your journey with Jesus? You know, I, I remember when you asked me that and I thought, and I was like, man, I don't know that I have one specific person. I could come up with a lot of people, but I do know that my church probably has yeah. had the greatest impact on my journey with Jesus. And totally. We started going to our church nine and a half years ago where my husband What's the stone? Yeah, right? the stone. I it has empowered me. The people there, mm-hmm. the way that I've learned to study God's word, the way that I've learned yeah. to be in community. It has just been it's been an empowering place for me. And I wouldn't be the person I am today without my church. And I just I love it so much. And it is just the people there and the way that they teach the word just verse by verse through the Bible. It's just, it's been super impactful on my life and my journey with Jesus. Gosh, well, that is truly the heart of supporting our sisters in Christ, right? Like that is what the body does coming alongside and encouraging one another in Christ likeness. And I just thank you so much for doing that for me and for so many of us from afar, Jamie, thank Mm. you so much for coming on the journey women podcast today. Thank you so much. And I apologize for all the coffee cup analogies because that's really dumb. (laughs) Unless someone's listening, they're like, that's my job. (laughs) 
I love it. Well, I love me some coffee. So there we go. Thank you. When I started brainstorming guests and topics for the Journey Women podcast many, many months ago, it was a dream of mine to chat with Jamie Ivey. I've been listening to her podcast, The Happy Hour, for literal years. Her willingness to come on my show is just another reflection of her kindness and her support for other women in ministry. I walked away from this conversation encouraged to communicate value and care to other women who are also on their journeys to glorify God in whatever it is that he set before them. I hope you guys found this chat as inspiring as I did. As always, you can find the links to everything we talked about in the show notes at hunterbulis.com. Hop over to Instagram or Facebook at Journey Women Podcast or find us on Twitter at Journey Women Pod to continue this conversation throughout the week. Be sure to subscribe to the Journey Women Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen so that you don't miss our special Christmas episode next Monday. <laughs>